This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the New Growth Podcast with Nikki Walton. Join her as she explores divine love as a key to spiritual growth, empowered service, and inner and outer success. If you'd like to support Nikki's podcast, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com forward slash Nikki. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of New Growth. I am your host, Nikki Walton, and today I am joined by one of my living teachers, Dr. Frank Kinslow. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> I um, I found Dr. Kinslow's books back in 20, I want to say 2014. No, no, it was 2015. It was 2015 in October. I actually went back in my little Amazon, you know, purchases. It was October 2015. I bought all of the books, but for some reason I read them out of order, but they absolutely changed my life and set me up to handle losing my grandmother. And I know for those of you that have been following me, I bring that story up often, but it was like my moment where I could see I was actually experiencing the freedom of that worst time in my life, knowing that I'm losing my best friend, my grandma, but recognizing peace that Dr. Kinslow calls you feeling in the background of that devastating moment. That moment was still, there was still sadness and grief there, but it did not eclipse the you feeling, the love, the peace. So thank you <laughs> for your books. Thank you for your teachings, your very clear practices, your pointers. I went to the school of Dr. Kinslow for two years okay. solid, and I feel that my non-practice of love now is because of the foundation that you set for me. So thank you. Well, um, that makes me feel good, Nikki. Uh, anyone can appreciate, not to work my work, but can appreciate what it is to be in love, what it is to experience pure love as opposed to the fleeting or changeable emotions that we normally so that gives us a little more stability. And then that's one more person in this world who is, is, uh, is radiating or allowing love to, to flow naturally without effort. And that's one less person that's creating disharmony to this earth. For that, I'm thankful. I love that you said one more person radiating because just, um, I think it was about Two or three days ago, there was someone in my comment section that was a new listener. His name is Jason. And he was asking about like a book recommendation. So, of course, I shared your name. And I also had you on the mind. We had just spoken, you know, getting prepared for this talk. Uh -huh. And I shared Beyond Happiness, which is your first book, I believe, and has become my favorite book, although you feeling had held that position for a while. And he actually wrote me this morning, which is appropriate. I thought like that's how it works, right? And I wanted to share um, with his permission. He gave me permission to share his message with you and the listeners. He says... I hope you're doing well. I managed to find the Frank Kinslow book, Beyond Happiness, on Audible. It was a fantastic listen. The exercises are incredible. Feels like one of those books, if I had been aware of a few years back, would have made things a lot easier to learn and to grow from. I look forward to listening to the conversation between you both. I listened to an interview of his with Buddha at the gas pump earlier today and can't believe I was not aware of his work sooner. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that's 
nice, yeah. yeah. I haven't even heard that interview. At least I don't think I have. No, that was done quite a while ago, five, six years ago. Um, nice. And, so he was uh, digging. He was digging deep. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And that's a long interview, too. And, and kind of heady because the interview came from more from um, Advaita Vedanta, uh, more of an intellectual yes. approach as opposed from the heart. And of course, they all end up in the same place. Exactly. But- exactly. I was a student of Advaita. I consider myself a student, a student of Advaita Vedanta for like five or six years and then moved into love with you you know, you feeling, which I'm going to want you to speak more to. Before we leave the topic, though, of your first book, Beyond Happiness, something that I appreciate is the glossary at the back of the book, because Uh there's so many teachers that share words like self and presence and I am, and they don't ever really, you have to guess what it is they're referring to or talking about. And you make things so clear. I want to read your definition of fear because it has stayed with me for years. In his glossary of Beyond Happiness, Dr. Kinslow describes or defines fear as the spark that is created when mind separates from you feeling. Fear is the sum total of all your feelings, including happiness and pleasure. It is the primal motivator of the self-separated mind. Time, fear, and ego are synonyms. Fear is the spark that is created when mind separates from you feeling. Talk to us about you feeling. Well, um, that uh, the idea of fear, we actually have uh, two states of being. One is in love or aware of you feeling. And the other is when we aren't aware of that. Uh, we're thrown out into this, uh, onto the rocky shores of relativity, if you will, um, with, with no foundation. And so what you feeling gives us is a foundation and, uh, and something to anchor to, as if we were a ship on an ocean being, if we have no anchor, we just get thrown all over the place. So QE, quantum entrainment, is the technique that I developed to experience you feeling. That is, throw that anchor out and, and settle into, or at least uh, uh, have some modicum of security of joy, of peace, of love. In the uh, Bhagavad Gita, um, Krishna talks about fear is is born of duality. That's a quote from the Gita. Fear is born of duality. And uh, when I first read that, I wondered, what is this duality thing? Um, When I I had an awakening, uh, the whole thing laid out to me. And, And what I realized was, that there are two levels of life, if you will. There's the non-level, I guess you could say, the non-level, the nothing, the purity uh, of life, where nothing has formed. In quantum mechanics, they call this, it's analogous to uh, the quantum vacuum. And, and uh, quantum mechanical theorists call it, uh, define it as the nothing from which everything comes. That when we are aware of that nothing, and it's first, here's the nothing here, and then it just creates itself. That's you feeling. That's where we find the home of you feeling. So, when we're aware of you feeling, we feel full. Now, that's not really common. And if you're familiar with uh, Abraham Maslow's work, most of us are. We may have been exposed to his... his um, hierarchy of needs in school, but just before he died, he was talking about this this experience that humans have that is beyond the the needs, beyond uh, fear, if you will. He called these people transcenders, and he said they're about 1%, roughly, about 1% of the population. Well, what, uh, now this idea of, of of being one with ourselves, or we hear we, we have so much lip service paid to that. We have so many techniques and philosophies that move us in the direction of uniting with our self. But self really never gets defined, and worse than that, or beyond that, we never really are, are shown how to experience the self. Now, Another word, uh, I'm sorry, you feeling, 
When we are aware of you feeling, we feel full, we feel alive. We, we, we really don't need anything beyond that, psychologically. Now, obviously, we still need to eat and drink and those sorts of things. But when we're at home with you feeling, there's this contentment that allows us to, it's the anchor that allows us to, oh, I have a little sadness here, or I'm a little angry here, or this or that, right? And <clears throat> always behind it all is this wonderful fullness of nothing, no need to do anything because I'm already there. So uh, you feeling we could say is, is the awareness that we're okay. Not the intellectual understanding, not an emotion, but a simple perception. Yeah. So when we perceive something, right, our bodies change, our minds change. If, if you perceive, um, if you, let's say you hear screeching brakes and uh, you look quickly and you see a dog being hit. Okay, when you see that, automatically and without any effort on your part, you become agitated emotionally, right? You might be frustrated, might be angry, might be afraid. Physiologically, your whole body changes. Adrenaline flows, your eyes dilate, your muscles tense up, and all of that. What did you do, have to do to make those changes? Nothing. It's automatic. It's inbred. It's, it's genetic. Now, look at a beautiful sunset. Sunsets. Now, what happens then? Emotionally, we feel calmer, peaceful. And in the body, you know, we're more relaxed. The heartbeat slows down, pulse rates, uh, rather, and uh, uh, we just feel better automatically just by watching this. So when we become aware of, perceive, like, we, like the dog or the sunset, when we perceive you feeling, we are at home with ourselves. We are in love. Mm. So... What does the like constant conscious awareness of you feeling look like? And what would you say the benefits are of it? Well, you feeling is always there. So it's not a matter of trying. Um, and this is where I see a lot of systems uh, run into trouble because they want to, for instance, how to clear the mind of thought. Mm. Now, if you've ever tried that, you probably have not been very successful. Most people aren't, and they get agitated with anyone who says, okay, let's clear our mind of thought. Because as soon as you start to try to clear the mind, you're doing something. And that's and more thought thoughts. It's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. The thought is, how do I clear my mind? And the yeah. thought is, I'm not doing so well. It's the same kind of ideas. Don't think about a monkey with a banana, mm. right? What happened? Ooh, there's your monkey, and yep. there's the banana. Mm -hmm. So, what uh, what I was very fortunate to to discover was a way to now. By the way, you feeling in its purest sense is non movement, is nothing. And I was uh, fortunate enough to discover a way to become aware of nothing, which obviously means that your mind is clear of thought, right? And and you can't say to yourself, okay, now I'm going to clear my mind of thought and, and, and have it happen. And, and we've heard that it takes years of practice and, and study to clear my mind. No, it's an instantaneous thing. And here's how. You stop trying. It's just that simple. Now, our minds need some direction. You can't just stop trying because, well, you can actually, but you don't see that as valuable. So what we do when we do QE, quantum training, is we stop trying without trying. And, and as weird as that sounds, immediately we know, ah, I'm there. Our minds are always going all the time, really, aren't they? From the time we wake up till actually the only time that they're not moving uh, that we know of is when we're in deep sleep. So this experience of, of you feeling is actually a fourth major state of awareness. We have waking, we have dreaming, we have deep sleep. Those are the three. In 1970, a fourth major state was uh, uh, established through scientifically. I'm talking. 
And uh, it's, it's this fourth major state that is actually a, gives us a deeper rest than even deep sleep. Wow. Yeah. And the value of that is when we have a deep rest, we heal. And so when you, when you are experiencing you feeling and, and you have this great loss, a loss is, is oh, it's a terrible. A lot of activity going on just generates a, a very poor, um, I may say a very active or agitated state. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. And so when you were aware of you feeling, you still were sad. You still had those things. You still were human. It's not like you turned into a piece of automaton. Oh, you know, piece of you know. No. Exactly. Yeah. You had to go through all of it, but yeah. you underneath it all was love. Underneath it all was the essence of Nikki. And you were safe. That's safety. That's joy. That's yes. That's the anchor you were talking about. And that anchor, I, there has never been a moment since then that that joy, that anchor, that love, you feeling is not there as soon as I can remember. And I know that's a lot of words to say what this actually is, but as soon as the remembrance is Uh there to turn to it, it's there. And that comfort is there. And yes, there's still human experiences and the ups and downs that, you know, I watch Nikki go through. Um, But that love is louder, you know, and more pronounced than the fleeting feelings that come and go. And I wanted to say something too about the watcher. So the position of watching Nikki seems to become very natural. It seems to be like the true position when you feeling is very pronounced. So when that love is felt, it's almost like I'm automatically watching everything. Like I kind of zoom out from the scene a bit. And that's a beautiful, there's a beautiful fragrance or love that's there with that. This, uh, this essence is a sort of separation and watching is uh, uh, some of the beginning stages of the full development of a human being. And uh, it's a beautiful thing because most people, uh, the 99% that Maslow referred to, uh, are, are involved in this. When they see money, they have this feeling about it. They want pro or con and they want to do it or they want to get it or leave it alone. And then they see a person and, and they're all wrapped up every day, all the time, going, going, going. Right? And then we just step out of that. When we experience you feeling, it's not like we go to it or that we have to find it. It's always there all the time. If, it, if it's nothing, then it has to be behind. It's, it's kind of like this. You have, if, you, um, if you go into a movie after it started, you look at the movie, it's playing on the screen. So what do you see? You see the characters interacting with yourself. You hear the sound. But let's say that the, the movie uh, breaks down in the middle of it. What happens? You have the white screen. That screen is always there, but you're not aware of it. Right? So... What we do when we do QE is we become aware of the screen and the activity at the same time, which is Ah, what you just described. Nice. And with that perception, you know that that you are not the illusion of life. Exactly. Exactly. You are both the the stability, the fullness, the joy of life that's always there, and the changing part. Now you're not afraid to let life change and take you where it needs to and where you need to go because you always have the stability. That's a beautiful example. So it's like you become aware of being the screen as well as the actor on the screen. And that's okay because you have that, you know that nothing fundamentally can touch you, can hurt you. Your essence, yes, of course. Your essence, your yes. physiology and your psychology still. Right. Still yeah, terrible moving. things happen on that movie in that movie, <laughs> but they can't touch the screen. <laughs> and, and the beautiful thing is that Nikki becomes more of what uh, of who Nikki should be. Mm. When we're allowed to have that, now you're freer to be who you are. You're not listening to some other person saying, "Is that right for me?" Or you'll know. Oh, yeah. you know. I don't think so, not that, but look at this. This is and so if you <clears throat> most of us uh in life, um we we listen to other people. We have to. I mean, we have our parents going up and our teachers and our friends, and and, and they're always telling us something, and, and then we get the idea, well, if I want to be successful, if I want to um 
have this or get that, then um, I have to do do this. I should do this or I shouldn't do that. Lots of shoulds and shouldn'ts there. And, and then what happens is we get lost in the little pieces. Each time we say I should do this or some mother says, you know, uh, don't, uh, I don't know, don't uh, pick up that money, it's dirty out in public, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or whatever. She said, don't steal cookies out of the cookie. <laughs> There's that little shouldn't there. And, and because it's your natural inclination, you know, it, it, it needs support from the screen, if you will, from you here, so that when you don't do something you want to do, it's okay because the essence of you is, is okay. It's still okay. So, so this idea of little pieces of us going away, you know, we, our parents need something, our spouses, our kids, our friends. And so we get pecked uh, into this, this feeling of, wow, I'm just not myself. I'm, I don't even know who I am. I'm just giving too much of myself. Mothers in particular, the joy to be with a, a child, their children is great, but they give too much sometimes. And and, uh, and that's because they don't have this reservoir of joy and fullness to draw from. And so they get stretched out and thin. And, and life becomes uh, very trying. Oh, yeah. Very harsh. There's a quote that we use all the time. You can't pour from an empty cup. And I live by that motto. Like, I know I have to keep myself very meditated, <laughs> very well meditated in order to be able to be the best mom, you know, and daughter and sister, friend, cousin that I can be. Um, and you feeling has definitely provided that foundation for me. And we talked a bit before um, on the phone when we were prepping for this about a stage that I think a lot of us pass through where it's very frustrating and we now have tasted peace. We've tasted love in the background, but it's still, there's a, that duality there of me trying to turn to it, me trying to fill it, me trying to reach back and get that peace. I, in 2017, was able to finally see through that illusion. And like you said earlier, that peace, that love is already always the case, even before Nikki was. So there, before the practice was even invented, the goal is there. It's already there. It's achieved. But ha- what do you think would be the best advice to give to someone that's in that position, which a lot of the listeners are in that place where they've been doing the practice, they can feel love sometimes, but in those really difficult moments, it's, they can't find it. Oh, that, that's so frustrating. Yeah. It's the restlessness of the seeker, the one who wants to be free of it all. And so they try really hard. I mean, I'm a perfect example. I, I for 30 some years, I was dedicated to um, various and sundry techniques, but one in particular, which was a beautiful technique. But I was always looking, I'm going to do this so that eventually I'll be free, I'll be happy, I'll be full. And and the first thing we need to know is you can't do anything to be happy. You know, we're not human doings, we're human beings. Mm. And so that being is, that being means not doing. So the harder you try, the more frustrating it gets and the further away you feel. So what traditionally happens is you you learn a a system and you do it, you feel inspired, not necessarily because of the system or, or maybe because of it, but only momentarily. And then it seems to stop working. Yep. And then you say, oh, what's the matter here? Well, okay. Then you go on to the next system and the next one. Now, <clears throat> that's, that's common because, of, and this is a biological uh, uh, truth here. It's, a, it's something that's, it's inbred in us or genetically implanted in us that and all nature, all of life moves away from pain toward pleasure. So you're not going to keep doing the same things if you're healthy. You're not going to do the same things that hurt you. You're going to move away from that and look for something that helps. The problem is what you're looking for can't be seen, can't be felt until it's expressed. Um it's, it's, it's nothing. 
And what you're, what most people do is they make a mistake and they, they think they're looking for something. I am looking for peace. I just want to get away from all of this. I just need a little break. Okay, that's looking for something. Now, even if you get it, what happens? Soon after you have it, it, it doesn't have the same kick. Yep. Or you and, got it and you're thinking about the stuff that was making you upset before. It's still there with you in your mind. Well, I always think about the people who win millions of dollars in the lottery. And, and, and we know now that it doesn't make you any happier. In exactly. Fact, it usually becomes more miserable. Yep. And the reason for that is that the foundation of life, the you feeling, is, is we're not aware of our essence. Another word for you feeling is our essence, our basic being. When we are, we don't have to do anything. We're done doing. We just simply become aware of you feeling. And at that point, the mind and the and our essence are one, are full. And so there's no fear. There's no anxiety. Right? It's when we when we forget you feeling, which most of us have, we feel empty. We feel like something is missing always. And then, and, and then we may get something. Maybe we get a, 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 a new job or a, a raise in our job or we meet somebody new and wow, off we go. Love is, uh, life is beautiful. And then all of a sudden it changes, right? And <clears throat> the essence of a human being is non-change, is, is not change. And then the expression appear and, and so what happens is if we live up here we keep changing we feel like you know something is missing we're missing this we don't know it but intuitively we know it and i'll bet that your listeners somewhere in their life have said you know they're quite comfortable maybe they have enough money they have a nice home good family and then they say you know something's missing i i, I don't feel complete i, I just sort of now, most people then, when they have that, that feeling, they look for something to fill it. Oh, yeah. And yet, it's not a something, it's a nothing. Nothing that, that uh, awareness of nothing then takes away all of the somethings. And <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So let's get into some of your practices because i think that's what sets you apart from every teacher that i've come across and they're so clear and i share them often on instagram and in my very lengthy captions <laughs> um some of your like like your greatest hits i like to call them at least for me some are and i'm sure that what we share today guys some will be very effective for you and maybe some won't, you know, you have to kind of try on and see what works for you. And for me, there were times when one worked really great and then it didn't work so well in that next stage. And then eventually you don't need any other practices because you feeling is, <laughs> but in the beginning we do the practices and we return to them. And so we recognize that we are fat. So let's, let's do a yes, couple the, of them. The value of doing them is to realize that you don't need to do them. Yep. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. So when I finally got there, I was like, ah, oh, wow. I see. <laughs> but yeah, you got to do them though. It's like you, it's really strange, you know, like you have to do that work. Well, it's like you, you know, you need to crawl before you walk, walk before you run kind yeah. of thing. And uh, um, we're, we're, when we are separated from ourselves and we're working here, it's always doing. What can I do? How can I get out of this? How can I get away from it's fear-driven. In other words, I feel empty. I don't, I'm not complete. So how can I fill this emptiness? Mm -hmm. Now, when you do a, a, a technique, one of the QE techniques you experience, you're full. But then you come back out here, you lose that for a little while. Right. And so you do it again and again. And pretty soon, fairly soon. Um, and in fact, you'll see changes in your life if you're doing the uh, QE, what we call the self-session. You do QE on yourself. Instead of healing others, you heal yourself. Mm. And uh, uh, within 10 days, two weeks, three weeks, you start to see the changes without effort in your everyday life. You know, I saw it's a quote of yours where you said that as soon as you become aware of you feeling, you're healing. Like that is the presence of the healing taking place in your in your life. Well, maybe your readers, or your listeners aren't aware that... Um, uh, 
QE is when you become aware of you feeling, if you're around another person and you have that person just let their mind wander so they're not concentrating on you, then you will heal and they will heal. And we're talking about healing, you know, sprained ankles and broken hearts and, uh, uh, you know, serious illnesses. So this, uh, this is the love, this you feeling and love, they're synonymous. Yes. And, and when we become aware of you feeling, and we could say, well, we become aware of pure love, then we heal. And it's so powerful that those around us begin to heal as well. It's like you become that blessing. You are the miracle and you become that in others' lives and the people that are lucky enough to be around you. Yeah, well, or lucky enough to, yes, to be open to <laughs> Yeah. I guess you could say that, yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite um, practices in the beginning, you said to start doing an action or to start moving and then just stop abruptly. And in that stopping, like on a dime, it's very clear that there's nothing happening in the mind. Like it's quiet, it's stillness. And then there's you feeling. Yeah, maybe we could, I can talk you through it. It's so quick. Yeah. But um, let's, let's look at something on your desk or in front of you that was within reach, okay? Now everybody. And now start to reach for, reach for it, but halfway there, stop. And then as soon as you stop, pay attention to what's going on. And you notice that there's a little break, there's a little pause, a, a little nothing there. But we can see this a, a little more clear. And, and this is, by the way, it's one of the sutras, the Shiva Sutra. Uh, I think there are 112 of them. Different ways to uh, go beyond activity and experience no activity. My favorite, and I think it's even a little more drastic and a lot easier, and easier to understand, is, is looking. Now, before I flesh that out for you, um, you feeling is everywhere all the time. Nothing is everywhere all the time. We could say that. So with that in mind, then let's <clears throat> let's all uh, take a look, look down at something. Look at your lap, look at the floor. Don't look at anything else. Just look down at some object. Now look up at the ceiling. Now tell me, you can, uh, okay, now, now tell me, what was in your mind from the time you looked down to the time you looked up at the ceiling? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That, it, it, what, that what that simple little exercise does is it moves away all the activity. Same as the reaching for something, or uh, if you start to get up out of a chair, stop halfway up and then just pay attention. That brings our awareness to the nothing that's always there. Now, this is not QE. This is not the techniques that I teach. They are more techniques for illustration. That beyond everything is that screen. Beyond the movie is the screen of nothing. It's always there. And then when we become aware of it in a, in a, in a different way, when we become aware of it in a more substantial way, it changes our lives without effort yes we don't have to try the first time i read your words without effort or don't try or nothing i i was like what in 2015 i'm like i don't understand how you don't try but it's i can see now i was thinking of myself as nikki <laughs> you know so thinking uh, nikki doesn't try Nikki should should just sit here, but that's also a doing, you know, just sitting or choosing to sit on the bed and not do anything. That's still a doing. So getting beyond that and recognizing that it's beyond the concept that I had of myself, of Nikki needing to do or not do. It's this love just is. And it's easy to see now, but it's I really want to get that through to the folks at home. Yeah. And you just talking about it there is way more complicated and difficult. I know. I know. So many words. <laughs> and words are things. And they and you can't you can't describe no thing. You can't describe nothing with a thing. 
And, and in fact, the mind doesn't even care about it. Our minds say, I like things. I want to take things apart, examine them, put them back together in a different way, see what happens. And that's why we go from practice to practice to practice to practice too, right? That's a, that's a very sharp perception. Absolutely. And then we get, we get, we get mesmerized. We get uh, drawn into life. We should, but we should have that. We should have that safety belt. We should be able to be outside of life and in it at the same time, which is of course what you're describing uh, for your experience. Not, uh, and I said, this is a, a this is the beginning experience. One that becomes aware of you feeling in time, they feel separate from life. And it's a very beautiful feeling. This is more of a Zen kind of a concept. But what happens is as you continue to, to do QE and, and you feeling uh, starts to manifest, to, to express itself in different parts of our lives and in the lives of others around us without any trying at all, it just happens automatically. When that starts to happen, then we start to see that, you know what? I am not just me over here and then there's everything else. I am the book. I am the air. I am. And then we get that I am this, I'm, I am that, thou art that, all mm-hmm. this. About. That's what we're moving toward. And we don't have to study a thing. This could happen to. Someone who's just in everyday laborers, if, if they, for instance, uh, uh, I used to do uh, the meditation. I had a two and a half hour day, every day, two and a half hours of meditation. And I would not miss it. In, in uh, 21 years, I think, or 22 years, I only missed seven of these. Wow. Yeah. That's some dedication. That's, oh, that's, that's foolhardiness. That dedicated to something, but I was going to get to enlightenment come hell or high water. I was going to get there. And, you know, I I went through a a thing, a phase, an experience when I was 61. And it it, it took away all the trying for me. And, and well, just briefly, um, I lost a lot. And I was sitting down. I said to myself, well, you know, I've been doing these practices for 30 plus years now, uh, I'm no happier than I was when I started. I've learned that what, you know, a lot of things don't work for me. So I said, well, I'm going to sit down on my couch and I'm just going to throw out of my life everything I know that doesn't work. And then I'll find what does work and I'll do that. And so the first day I sat there and threw everything out and, you know, it was a hard house cleaning project, you know, a lot of stuff had dust on it, had to look at it, and all that stuff. And so, second day, same thing. The third day, the end of the third day, I had thrown out everything that I, in my life, and I said, "Boy, there's nothing left. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and figure out what I'm gonna do now." And I just stopped trying. I stopped doing anything. And such an incredible peace and joy swept over me. I said, what's this? Where did it come from? I started looking for it right away. What, what caused it? And of course, there is no cause. It's, it's stopping. It's not doing. And, it's, and, and then it, it, and, and I start doing things, and I can feel myself being pulled out into the aggravation of everyday life. And I stopped again. Unfortunately, I still, still had that, that, that feeling there, that, not the feeling, but that perception there. And then pretty soon, I mean, I was deeply in debt. I, I, I was, my health was very poor. I was, I was a mess at that point. And um, all that turned around very quickly. But here's the thing. I said to myself, gee, this is wonderful. I, and of course, the nature of life is to, to share love. Yes. So I feel this incredible thing. I wonder if, if I can teach other people to do it. And that was the beginning of, of the QE and the, and the Kinslow system. I found that, yeah, I could I could teach it. Then I said, well, I can't teach everybody in the world who wants to learn it. I wonder if I can write it down. I wrote it in a book, and then it just went to, you know, that particular book went international bestseller. Yeah. Every time I see you, you're overseas, like in like Japan or Switzerland. I've, I've seen talks where it's you're waiting for the translator, and I, I will sit there through it trying to get to you. <laughs> Trying to yeah. get to the end of whatever it is that you're saying through all the translations. Yeah, you're it's major what you're doing and I appreciate it. 
Well, uh, thank you very much. But, uh, you know, it's, it's my calling. I just absolutely love teaching this, this, uh, um, this, I can't even call it a technology. It's just yeah. this, this twist in perception. Basically, yes. that's all. Yeah, like a shift in perception. And I love how you tie in science, not too much, you know, so you don't lose people. It's never boring. I love your audibles too, because they're actually, the books are read by you and I like your voice and it's very relatable and all of your examples are relatable. Um, Yeah, it's just very practical spirituality and I appreciate it. And you know, the funny thing is that um, it is, uh, it is. I never thought of it as being spiritual. I just thought of it as first as an escape from all of this. Then after a while, I thought, wow, you know, this is the way life is. It's not the way it should be. It's the way it is. And I've been missing it. And then you don't think of it as spiritual or loving or those are those are forms that it takes once it gets expressed, you know, here or there. But you just think of it as, well, this is the way it is. This is life. And, and uh, from that foundation, then anything you do is enriched and enlivened and, and purified. Harmonized. Tell Harmonized. Me, harmonize. That's the word that I read in one of your books. I like that, like inner harmony for outer harmony, you know. Um, what is your, like knowing that you basically lived in a cave, you know, for all those years, like 30 years of like really strict meditation, 60 years and 70 years of just like practice, practice, practice. What is your present moment experience? Like how do you experience this that we're doing right now? <laughs> this well, moment. Uh, yeah. Um, a lot like you described, in the background, you feeling is always there. That doesn't mean you walk around aware of you feel. And, oh, I'm always in love. No. it's You're more human now than you were before because you're not constricted by all of these, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. You're not restricted by what you see is bound. What you see first, what you know first, is the unbounded you, the, the infinite you. And... And from that level, then, it's always there. So I'll get involved in something, and uh, I'm, I'm living my life, and then something will trigger, maybe uh, some discomfort. Maybe I'll get angry. And the next thing you know, you feeling's there. And it's not that I stop being angry. It's that you feeling is there, and it's saying, oh, you're being human now. You know, You're not pretending to be absolute peace all the time. Exactly. You are you are experiencing what it is to be human, and and that reminds me of the story. Uh, one of my uh, students, her sister used to drive for the Dalai Lama, and she was opening the door for the Dalai Lama. He was getting out. He looked up at her and he said, "You have a question." She was a little startled, and then she said, "Well, well, yes, but we're not allowed to talk to you." She says, "I'm the boss," you know, his sense of humor. <laughs> What's your question? And she says, do you ever get angry? And he says, of course I do. I'm human. I just don't stay angry very long. Beautiful lesson. Absolutely. Because what happens is we have these, this ebb and flow. This is what we were meant to be, human. And we, we tap in. We don't want to be overshadowed by anger or, or, or sadness. You know, as you, you said, the, the, any of these these quote, negative emotions are human emotions. And so when we experience them, aware of you feeling or with you feeling supporting us from a back from the background, when that happens, then life is full. Then we're leading the full life. I like how you said with you feeling supporting you from the background. That is, that's what it is. Because I used to, you know, have all the fanciful thoughts of what enlightenment or awakening is like, oh, well, you won't get angry or scared anymore. And I think a lot yeah. of us come into these practices hoping to achieve that state where it's like it's just bliss, just joy. Um, but to know that you have this firm foundation that is always there, that's freedom. That's freedom because you know yeah. that nothing can come that'll shake that, you know, nothing can take yes. that away from you. Yes. And even if it does uh, for momentarily, you, you, you just naturally come back to it. When it's like a, a storm comes and then without effort, you're, you're there again. Now, if not during the storm, sometimes, especially in the beginning, as, mm-hmm. as your awareness of you feeling is getting established, you'll get overshadowed. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. You'll but, forget or you won't wake up until the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, that, it reminds me of a story, uh, not a story, but of an experience that in my early days, I studied with a guru and uh, I was uh, very devoted. I was going to become enlightened. And so I did everything just right. And I, I hung around with other disciples of this guru and we had flowers and beads and we talked a certain language and we all were repressing our quote negative thing. And, and, and somewhere in there, I realized that we were not living a life that we were, we were living what we thought we should be. And we thought we should be like our guru. And, you know, uh, it, it, it just didn't work. Now that oh, was yeah. the beginning. Setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> yeah. so, Good. And I just love it. You know, the people come along and, and then you, you see the ghoul and then behind them, like little ducklings come to all oh, these. Yeah. There's a saying in the Ishupanishad, uh, about 5,000 year old uh, uh, scripture. And it, and it says that the people who are attached to the relative world, to things, right? They're damned. When it comes to enlightenment, they're damned. It says those people who are attached to the spiritual world are doubly damned. Yep. <laughs> that spiritual so that ego. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That spiritual ego. Yeah. I can I can relate to that for sure. I can relate to that for sure. Well, and we all know someone who's so dedicated to the yeah. becoming free of suffering, so whatever the path is that uh, they cause more suffering for themselves and 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 others you know and uh and, and they're very dogmatic oh no you know i can't no no this is the way it is and that was me that was amazing that the, that the way through that was to stop trying total opposite of what i was exactly exactly yeah like no acting necessary no effort necessary just to kind of relax into seeing what already is you know, I look at look at human beings as as all unique instruments in the symphony of life. Assume there it symphony. is. It's my favorite. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gensel. <laughs> That's the one. Do it. Go on ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and each of us, you know, we have our own music to play. And what's happened is we 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 don't listen to ourselves, so we don't know what music we are to play. So, you know, uh, you know, a violin shouldn't be playing drum music. Mm -hmm. It should be playing violin music. And, and so what happens is we have all of these people trying, you know, 99% of the population. They're out of tune. They're out of touch. And it creates great suffering and harmony for everyone. Yeah. And, and the transcenders that, that uh, and I, I would suggest getting a hold of a, a, there's a chapter called Theory Z, as in zero, Theory Z by Maslow. And he describes what the, the attributes of these transcendents. I think there are 24 paragraphs, 24 different ones that he identifies from his research. And you can kind of know that a person who is living with you feeling, if they don't know it, now some, some people are naturally born this way. If they don't know it, they can become sick because they're trying to fit into the into the outer world. And and in fact, uh, he he calls the people out here deficiency oriented. What's what's deficient is awareness of you feeling. And then he has the transcenders who are being oriented, not doing, but being oriented. And um, and it's the the deficiency oriented that they're always trying to fill. They're trying to get rid of that. So <clears throat> when we, we can be as deficiency-oriented, we all have the ability to be aware of our essence, our love, our nature, our new feeling. It's just a matter of, of uh, turning around. It's like Plato's cave where we're looking at the shadows on the back wall. Instead, we just turn around and we look outside the cave. It's an incredible world. Right. And that's, a, that's what we're doing. We're pivoting. On this, on this active level of life, we pivot around, we take a look in and there we are. And we can even use those negative human emotions, right? To remind us to pivot. Is that how we can utilize some of those negative things that come they through? They can be a trigger, but we don't use them per se. We, they're just a reminder that, 
oh, you know, now there's two ways. One, you can have a negative emotion and be aware of you feeling as we discussed earlier. Or you can be totally unaware of you feeling and and uh, and there's a third, there's a sort of an intermediary thing where you learn to become aware of you feeling, but it hasn't quite set in yet, you know. And so you're aware of you feeling, but when you come out, now you say, Oh gosh, I feel I feel separate, I feel yeah. alone, I feel uneasy then you know that kind of thing so oh you feel them and then there it is it's right there beautiful beautiful what um order would you recommend folks read your books in or if somebody only has time right now to pick up one um which one do you recommend it uh, i would recommend learning with the qe you can learn it from a book it's that simple Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, oh, the the book that you see behind me, if you if we're on video, um, yes, we are. is yeah. uh, the secret of instant healing. Is the first book, um, and uh, it's very simple, very simple illustrations. Um, that's the first one. It's the basic technique to to stop doing and, and just become aware. Um, I bought that one for my dad. Oh, years ago. Good. Yeah, I bought that one. I bought so many of your books for so many people. But Instant Healing, The Secret of Instant Healing was one of the first, I think it was the first one that I read. And I handed that one off to my dad. And I got one, I believe, for my uncle. Like it was um, that it was that powerful, because I knew they could relate and get into the language that you were using. It was very clear, very simple. Uh, yeah, you figure it, it, even though you cannot communicate nothing you can you can give it illustrations and you can allude to it and uh, but there, there's nothing can describe nothing you know, right. that's the only thing yeah uh, the second book or a single book if you're just going to get one book i would and you're not too interested in the philosophy behind it i would get the book called the kinslow system and in there is the the techniques for the first three books and then some additional techniques. So it's very full and rich of, of the practice itself. And that might be a good place to start. The book you like, Beyond Happiness, um, there are no QE techniques in there. There are a few you know, mind-opening techniques like the gate technique and mood melting and things like that. Um, most people who've been in QE for three or four or five years uh, then they, they read Beyond Happiness, and that is... That's like, what I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before, my favorite book was definitely the instant healing one, You Feeling. Um, uh-huh. I probably reread You Feeling a million times. Um, and then, yeah. of course, The Kinslow System because of the practices. When I discovered that book, I'm like, I don't need any other books because the practices are so good, so good. Yeah, the You Feeling, uh, there's... a the idea that we need to have an intention to be happy or to get what we want uh, is dispelled in the book you feel it. It's because it's you feeling that it gives us what we want. It, it, it satisfies the most basic desire to be unified with ourself. Yes. Once that happens, then anything else after that, it's just gravy. It's just icing on the cake. And so... The, the book you feeling it actually teaches us how to have uh, experience pure you feeling and then have an intention where it just lays there and we don't push it in any direction we just let it do itself like everything in QE there's no doing it's simply shifting our awareness from one thing to another and allowing that just like looking at a sunset or a, or a dying dog letting the the wisdom that's already in the body, just let it take over and do its job. Body, mind. Yeah. 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 Your books helped me break up with law of attraction and all the doing and the affirmations and all of that. You really helped me. Like I knew that was the case that there was just so much extra stuff that was happening. A lot of doing that was unnecessary. I knew that intuitively. So to just see it in print from you, it felt very, it was like a confirmation. Yeah, and it's it's good to see. Um, you know, I've got a lot of. Uh, well, I, I wrote a book about those practices, uh, positive thinking, law of attraction, and things like that. Um, I don't have any techniques in that book, but it's based on the recent research. Um, and um, it, because we have the QE technique, 
we really don't need to go out there and try these things. And, um, and the research now is showing that positive thinking research is correlational. It's just like happy people live longer and they have more friends and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they have a stronger immune system. But it doesn't, does, it doesn't say that if you try to become happy, if you think happy thoughts, you'll live longer. That's, that's backwards. It's if you are happy, then you'll have happy thoughts. And by the way, you'll live long. Yeah. When you made that distinction, that was powerful. It's not that you have to consciously think happy thoughts and replace your negative ones with positive ones. No, as soon as you feel you feeling, the thoughts are positive. And, you know, a lot of it not only is, is not working, but it's counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, a lot of research in, in universities now are coming up with the students um, that show that uh, um, <clears throat> working on, or actually, they're doing a lot of work with the students, but they, they're saying that uh, setting a, a goal, like uh, having an intention and then doing a workout is, is actually reduces, or, or like a New Year's resolution, we wonder why they don't work. It actually uh, reduces the effectiveness. It, it takes away. For instance, uh, some instruction is live as if you already have what you want. Mm-hmm. When you do that, it's shown now that it, it takes away the desire to get it, but at the same time, you know you don't have it, so you're kind of in limbo here. Yep, yep. Yeah. So a very, very interesting uh, book, um, but not for everybody because yeah. it does share a few foundations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, tell um, everyone how they can find you and participate in some of your live events. Ah, the best place to go is kimslowsystem.com. And uh, we have a, oh, oh geez, um, there you'll find everything you need. We have some free downloads mm-hmm. there for you, to, some things you can do. We, uh, I, I'm doing um, many webinars, an hour, hour and a half each, in fact, uh, that uh, you can take part in. Um, I've I jumped in on a few of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, uh, we just started uh, a, a uh, QE community membership, which significantly drops the prices down. Just even becoming a member uh, for even just one month and then taking a course, you'll save way more than if you were to just take. So, but we have we have additional activities and, and things that are available. So there's lots there. Here's my here's my feeling. I I want as I said, I wanted to be able to teach people QE. I wanted to be able to spread this. And that's why I wrote it down. I gave it away in my, I give it away in my books. And that's the place to start. But if you want something more, if you want me teaching you, or if you want interaction with other people, like on the forum, uh, or go more deeply into philosophy, then, then the website is there and, and it will help to support you, support yourself. I don't want you relying on me as you would, for instance, a guru. So everything I do is self-contained for you. You learn it, and then you do it. And you don't need me to keep um, trying to support you or take you into another direction. What you experienced, uh, Nikki, in, in just becoming aware of you feeling is, is all you need. Anything beyond that is, is window dressing. I love it. All you need. And I actually have written that in my journal in years past. Like, is this really all I need? So thank you for answering that directly just now. (laughs) This you feeling, this love is all that I need. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you all so much at home for joining for another episode of New Growth. I'm Nikki Walton at Curly Nikki on Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. I love you all. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.